I want to talk to you about the power of the cross, perhaps from a different direction than you're used to hearing it. Because I want to talk to you not about actually the power of the cross, but the power of Christ. Because when the Bible speaks of the power of the cross, it's actually speaking not of the power of the cross over Christ, but the power of Christ over the cross. And I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 10. And I also want you to stick your finger in John chapter 19. John chapter 10, verse 17. When you get there, say amen. This is what it says. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. That was the NIV. I'm going to read it in the NKJV. It says, therefore, my father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Jesus says no one takes my life from me. Nobody's that strong. Because nobody has the power to take God's life from him. If God is going to die, he's going to die voluntarily. Not at the hands of men. Nobody's that strong. You're not strong enough to take my life from me, Jesus says. You're not strong. All the angels in heaven, if they were to come together, they couldn't take my life from me. There's not a devil in hell that's strong enough to take my life from me. Matter of fact, there's nothing in all creation that can take anything from me. And if anything's going to be taken from me, I'm going to lay it down. I have power to lay it down. I want to talk to you about the cross as a sign, not of the weakness of Christ, but of the power of Christ. As an act, not of a passive act, not as a passive act of his surrender, but as an active act of his authority. I have the authority to lay it down. I'm laying it down because I'm powerful, not because I'm weak. I'm laying it down because I have authority, not because my authority has been taken from me. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. It is an act of my power. It is within the realm of my authority to go to the cross. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I have power. I'm not doing it because it came upon me. I'm doing it because I have power. I want, listen, we often want to talk about the power of the resurrection, but tonight I want to talk to you about the power of the cross. He wasn't weak until he was raised from the dead. He was powerful all the way to the tomb. 
He was the king all the way to the tomb. And he was acting like a king on the cross. It took more power to hold him on the cross than it would have taken for him to come down. One of the, one of the thieves said, if you're the son of God, come down from that cross. Save yourself and us too. That thief had no idea that a far greater power kept him on the cross than would have taken him down. It would have taken less power. It's natural for him to live, but it's unnatural for him to die. I want to talk to you about the power of the cross. Turn to John 19. Verse John 18. Look at this. What we are going to see is especially clear in John's gospel. Is how Jesus operated with authority and power to the very end. Look at John chapter 18. Verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him. I'm going to stop right there. Jesus, knowing all things that would come upon him. He already knew what was going to, was going to go down. It didn't happen to him. It didn't catch him unaware. One of the most powerful things God can reveal to you is what you're going to suffer. The father, and he said there in John 10, 18, I received this command from my father. My father commanded me not just to lay down my life, but to have power to lay it down. He commanded me not just to die, but to die with power and with authority. I received this command from my father. He said, son, you're going to go to the cross, but you are not going to surrender your authority on the way. You're going to walk in power all the way to the grave. You're not going to stand before Pilate and weep and beg for your life. You're going to stand before Pilate and say, you're darn right, I'm a king. My father commanded me to lay down my life with authority. This command, and it says, Jesus knowing all things that were to come upon him. The first thing, and I used to think it was strange that Jesus was constantly telling his disciples, you know, One day they're going to turn you over. Brother's going to turn you over and they're going to kill you for the gospel. Well, that doesn't sound very encouraging. Right? You know? Oh, yeah, sign me up for that. You're going to be hated by all nations for my sake. Well, thanks a lot. Because of me, everybody's going to hate you. What was the first thing that God showed Paul? What did Jesus tell Ananias? He said, I'm going to show him what great things he must suffer. The first thing you show him when you save him is that he's going to suffer. I just think, why, God? Why would you reveal those things? You know, the Lord gave me revelation on that today. The Lord shows you what you're about to go through because he wants to prepare you to walk through it with authority and power. If it came upon you and you didn't know it, you would lose your authority in that moment. But when God tells you ahead of time, you're going to go through this and this is what's going to happen. You're armed with authority and power so you can walk through it and say, yes, I'm a king. Yes, I'm a king. Jesus, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, this is the crowd, this mob is coming, they got swords, they got spears, they got chains, and he says, whom are you seeking? Who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. It's much more emphatic in the Greek. It's ego me." I am the same words that God spoke to Moses in the burning bush. When Moses says, when they asked what God said, come and say, let my people go. Who should I tell them? And God said, I am, 
I am that I am. Those seven I am statements of Jesus in the book of John, all throughout the book of John, Jesus says, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the door to the sheep. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. I am. He keeps saying, I am. Why? Because he's saying, I am that same God that spoke to Moses from the burning bush. I am the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. I am. And here, facing his own death, it's no different. The answer is, I am. He doesn't cower and become weak in the face of his own death. He doesn't cower and become weak in the face of trial and tribulation. He's just as powerful as he is when he's healing the sick. He says, I am. Just as authoritative as when he was about to call Lazarus out from the grave. He says, I am. Watch this. Jesus says, I am. And it says, verse 6. Now, when he had said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. They all got slain in the spirit. Jesus says, I am. They came to kill him. And he says, I am. And in the moment of the revelation of who Jesus is, even the very ones who came to kill him got slain in the spirit. They still took him. You know, often in the midst of your trial, God works some kind of miracle and does something. And you wonder why your enemies don't change their mind all of a sudden. You say, well, your power was manifested. I thought you were going to reverse the whole situation. God said, no, I just wanted to show you my power in the midst of it. It's still going down, but I want to show you that you haven't lost your power in the. I just want to show you that this thing hasn't robbed you of your authority and it hasn't robbed me of mine. You're still going through it, but sometimes God shows a miracle in the midst of it just to show us you're still walking in authority. You're still my son. You're still my daughter. You're still a king. He says, I am, I am he. Now watch this. They asked him again. They got up again. They they got up again. And he said, now, who do you see? He asked him again, who do you seek? They hit the ground so hard. They forgot what they were there for. (laughs) Who who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I've told you that I'm he. Now watch this. Verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. Now, we talked about that punk act right there, that punk move. You know what I'm talking about? He doesn't hit a servant. I mean, he doesn't hit a soldier. He strikes the ear of a servant. He's probably carrying a luggage or something, so he couldn't even block. (laughs) Right? Verse 11. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not, listen to this, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Put that sword into the, into the sheath. You know what? My father's given me this cup and I'm going to drink it. You know, I, I, I hear this verse used a lot. Well, I guess I got to drink the cup. That's just the cup my father's given me. Or I guess that's just the cross I have to bear. But we say it with resignation as if it's something the father did to us. Jesus says it with authority. In the midst of a miracle of healing, he says, Peter, you're not going to stop me from drinking the cup that the father's given me. He says, I'm doing this with authority, Peter. The father gave me this cup and underneath it is the faith of Jesus Christ that if the father gave me the cup, it's a good cup. It don't look good, but the father don't give no bad cups. It's a good cup. The father isn't going to give me sour wine. It's a good cup. 
I'm going to drink. I'm going to use my power and authority to see to it that I drink the cup that the Father has given. Jesus is using his power to keep himself incarcerated. He could have used his power to empower the sword of Peter. He could have given Peter more power. Good. Now strike them. He could have empowered the other disciples. Take out your swords. Don't worry. If you get cut, I'm going to heal you. They cut off your arm. Don't worry. I'll put it back on. He could have used his power to defend himself. Instead, he's using his power to heal his enemies. Does that make any sense to you? He says, the father gave me this cup. Why? He knew that this was not normal suffering. It was not natural suffering. He knew it was divine suffering. He knew that it was a cup that the father had given him to drink, and he knew that he had the authority to drink it. Now watch this. Look at Peter on the other hand. Look at verse 15. And Simon Peter followed him, and so did another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to her who kept the door, and they brought Peter in. Okay, watch this. Verse 25. Now Simon Peter stood and warned him, warmed himself. And they said, you are, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. Jesus says, I am he. Peter says, I am not. They come to kill Jesus, and he, he says, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus, and he knew they came to kill him, and he says, I am he. You found the right person. We've come to falsely accuse Jesus. Have you seen him? Yeah, he's right here. What you want? I'm right here. But Peter, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? I am not. Peter just stepped out of all of his authority. The difference between Jesus and Peter is that in the face of trial and tribulation, Jesus remains in his authority. In the place of trial and testing, Peter just steps right out of his authority. The question is not whether you're going to carry the cross or not. You are. The question is, will you maintain your authority in the midst of it? Peter should have said like his Lord, I am he. You're one of his disciples, aren't you? I am he. I am he. Yeah, that's right. I am he. Come on, somebody. Now watch this. They lead him to Pilate's court. Look at verse 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Now this guy, if Jesus is going to be killed, this guy's going to sign the death certificate. If Jesus is going to be crucified, you'd want to be nice to this guy. If, if let's say you are up for audit with the IRS and the IRS agent showed up to go through your books and he shows up at your house, you better believe you're going to have some iced tea and cookies on the table waiting for that puppy. Right? You'd be nice to him. You wouldn't be at the door like, what you want? Right? You wouldn't be talking all crazy to him. Right? Because that guy can either go in deep. Right? Or he can be easy on you. You need this guy to be your friend. Jesus needs this guy to be his friend. And listen how Jesus talks to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Verse 34, Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others talk to you about me? Oh, people have been talking about me, haven't they? People have been telling you stories about me again. He's just speaking with authority. He's in control. Verse 37, look at this, verse 36. 
Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate says, so then you are a king. Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. You're darn right, I'm a king. You say I'm a king, you're right, I'm a king. Yes, I'm a king. Look at, go to the next chapter, go to, go to chapter 19. Verse 9, Pilate says to him, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. He said, I'm done talking. Enough small talk. Let's get this show on the road. Pilate says, verse 10, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Remember, Jesus said, I have power to lay it down and power to take it up. And Pilate says, don't you know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Don't you know that? Don't you perceive that? Don't you understand? Don't you see? Verse 12. Verse 11. Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. You ain't got no power. You're just a man. Pilate, please. You got no power. What are you talking about? You got power to crucify me. You don't even know who you're talking to. I'm the son of God. I, I was there. I was there. I created you. I saw you gestating in your mother's womb. I gave you permission to exist. And you think you have power? You just don't know who you're talking to. You know, sometimes when people are talking to you, they don't know who you are. That doesn't give you the right to forget who you are. Just because everybody, I mean, if everybody knew who you were, everybody would, ex would respect you. If people knew when you were walking down the street that you were a son or a daughter of the Most High God, that you were an heir of the kingdom of God, that you were co-heir with Christ, you'd get respect everywhere you went. You'd walk into the bank and they would throw money at you out of the vault. You'd walk into Safeway and it would be free. You'd walk in a restaurant, they'd give you the best seat in the house. But nobody knows who you are. And too many believers spend their time trying to convince other people that they're somebody. Well, don't you know who I am? Well, if you knew, you wouldn't be trying to convince me. Jesus is facing his death, but never once even stutters in his knowledge of his identity. Not, not even in the least bit. He's not standing before Pilate going, oh no, maybe I miss God. Maybe this isn't the will of the Father. Maybe I'm not doing what the Father wants. Maybe I'm not the Son of God. Maybe I was just tripping. <laughs> says, Pilate, you're not going to understand a word I'm saying, and I don't care. I know who I am. I don't need you to know who I am. All I need you to know is this isn't happening because of your power. This is happening because of my power. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. This isn't something that's happening to me. And, the and this, this is where believers get in trouble. Believers get in trouble as soon as you think something is happening to you. Believers get in trouble as soon as you think somebody is doing something to you. Peter denied Christ because he thought they could do something to him. 
as soon as there was a threat, if they think I'm one of his disciples, then they'll treat me the way they treated him. And if they treat me the way they treated him, that would be all bad. And so he steps out of his authority because he forgot how much authority Jesus had. Let me tell you something. Nobody can do anything to you. Nobody can do anything to you. Nobody can do anything to you unless they were given power to do it from above. You say, aren't you worried that you'll walk down the street and get shot? No bullet can shoot. Nobody can shoot me with a bullet. Bullets don't have power over me. God has power over me. I'm indestructible unless God gives that bullet the power to pierce my body. And if that's God's plan, then I'm going to drink the cup that the Father has given me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go looking for a bullet any more than Jesus went looking for the cross. When he surrendered to the cross, it was out of revelation, not stupidity. And too many folks get taken out because of stupidity. Foolishness. Fear that somebody's going to take something from you. And you've missed the power of the cross. You have the power to lay your life down. The authority to lay your life down. Somebody's trying to take it. I got the power to give it. There you go. Look at what Jesus says here in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 42. He says, if someone, verse 39, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, give them your left cheek. Give them your left cheek. You can't take my right cheek. I give you my right cheek and my left cheek. I got the power to give you my... Mm. Look what I did to you. You didn't do that to me. I gave that to you. You didn't have the power to strike me. I had the power to be striked or struck. Look at this. Oh, you, you, you never heard this before, did you? Verse 40. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If he wants to take your shirt, give him your coat too. Here, take my coat. You can't take my shirt when I'm giving you my shirt and my coat. I'm going to take you to court and sue you and take everything. Here, take everything. You can't take from me what I've given to you. I'm surrendering. I have the power to lay it down. Why do I have the power to lay it down? Because I know when I lay something down, that's not the end of the story. Because the same father who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is going to raise me up with him on that day. You can't take anything from somebody who is a co-heir of the kingdom of God. Take it. Take it. If someone forces you to go a mile with him, go too. You know, in the ancient world, in the, in, the, in the first century, a Roman could walk up to any Jew and throw his backpack on him and say, follow me for one mile. And you'd have to carry his backpack for one mile. Jesus said, if that happens to you, walk too. Watch what happens. Watch how you flip the script. Because by law, a Roman soldier could not make you carry it more than one mile. That Roman soldier could be, could be in, pr in problems with the government if he made you carry it a step more than a mile. He gets to that mile marker. He says, okay, give my backpack back. You know, no, I got it. Let's go another mile. And like, no, nah, no, nah, seriously, man, give my backpack back. No, nah, man, I got it. Let's go another mile. No, nah, but for real, man, quit playing, man. Give my back. No, no, it's cool, cool. I got it. I choose to carry it another mile. No, nah, man, quit playing, man. 
You can't make me carry my backpack a mile. I choose to carry. I, I have the power to give you a mile. Matter of fact, I got the power to give you two. I just flipped the script. I was on the phone haggling with some company that was trying to take my money. something that I didn't order. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> haggling with those people for more than an hour. So I said, fine, I cancel the service. They said it would be a $370 cancellation fee. I said, how are you going to charge me a fee for your incompetence? That was another 30, 45 minutes on the phone trying to get them to cancel that fee. You think they canceled that fee? No. Finally, I thought to myself, it's better for me to give up this money and not die of a heart attack. But I still hung up the phone feeling like something had happened to me. Somebody had taken something from me. I called Pastor Daniels. I said, this is what happened. He said, yeah, I used to struggle like that until I read Jesus said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. And then I realized that when that company tries to take my money, I say, you can't take it. I'm giving it to you. Take my 370. That You can have it. You must need it more than I do. Here. Take it. I haven't lost anything. You haven't diminished me in any way. I'm a son of Abraham. You can't take from a child of Abraham. God promised me everything that's north, everything that's south, everything that's east, and everything that's west. I'm going to lose my salvation over, over $370? Can't take it. I give it to you. That brought peace to my heart. I said, oh, yeah. I'm going to make a donation to this company. I'm sending in my love offering. I have power to lay it down. But you know what? I got power to take it back again. I've got power. To, I got power to sow 370 but reap 3,700. I got power to take it up again. Oh, I'm telling you, we've been weeping for Jesus, but we've missed the power of the resurrection. You don't, you don't remember that when they were weeping for him and saying, Lord, I weep for you. He said, don't weep for me. Weep for yourself. Why? Because this is out of my power. But what's coming on you is out of your weakness. The power of the cross was the power to suffer the shame of the cross without losing his authority. It was the power when they stuck the crown of thorns on his head. He had the power to have that done to him but still stand in his authority. When they struck him in the face, he had the power to get struck in the face but still stand in his authority. When they beat him with the crown of twelve, the, the cat of nine tails, he had the power to be beaten and still stand in his authority. The question is, how quickly do you relinquish your authority when something happens to you? Because when you're crying, oh, poor Jesus, poor Jesus, what you're really crying is, poor me, poor me. Because you lost your authority a long time ago because somebody said a, na a naughty word to you. You lost your authority because you were a little short on the rent money. You lost your authority because somebody stepped on your toe. And he went through the cross and never lost his authority. He said, don't weep for me. I, I'm still a king. Don't weep for me as if something terrible happened to me. This is my power. Hebrews 9.14 says, through the eternal spirit, he offered himself unblemished to God. It was done under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm anointed to go to the cross. This is power here. 
I'm anointed to do this through the eternal spirit. You want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more powerful than when the Holy Spirit anoints you to walk through a trial and not use your, lose your authority in the midst of it. When the Holy Spirit anoints you in the midst of a hardship, in the midst of pain, in the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation, when it seems like you lost everything, the Holy Spirit anoints you to stand up and say, I haven't lost anything. I can't lose anything. I'm filled with the spirit of the living God. You want to talk about power, that's power right there. When the rest of the world's looking at you saying, how can you still give thanks and praise to God? How is it that you're still worshiping the Lord? Why don't you just curse God and die, Job? When in the midst of the pit scraping your boils, you can say, I know my Redeemer lives and I will stand with him on that day. He says, I don't care what I go through. I'm anointed to go through it with power. We have known That believing in Jesus Christ means we're going to walk through trial. What we haven't realized is that the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes to give us the authority to walk through it. And that is the power of the cross. We thought embracing the cross was all about embracing weakness and defeat. It was all about embracing pain and, and, and all about embracing torment. We thought embracing the cross meant we had to cower before men and we had to lose our face and lose authority and embrace shame and humiliation. Let me tell you something. Jesus endured humiliation, but he was never humiliated. Why he never allowed himself to be humiliated on the inside. He didn't care what they thought about him on the outside. And they mocked him and said, you're the king of the Jews. But in his heart, he said, you can mock all you want. It's the truth. I don't care if you don't believe it. It's the truth. I don't care if you don't recognize it. It's the truth. I don't care what you think about me. I know who I am. And what you do to me cannot change who I am. Are you hearing me tonight? Are you hearing me tonight? Because Jesus is calling us to partner with him. Jesus is calling us to identify with him in his death. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. And when he said I have been crucified with Christ, he did not mean I lost all of my power. I lost all of my authority. And I allowed terrible things to happen to me. No. He said because this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for me and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. He said the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. Listen, he knew the authority he had, and that's why he said, I glory in my tribulations. Why do I glory in my tribulations? He said, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You know what he meant? When I go through times of weakness, I haven't lost my authority. I haven't lost my power. I have power to lay it down. And even if the day comes when I have to give my life for Jesus Christ, I have power to lay it down. I'm laying it down not from the place of weakness, but from the place of power. And that's why all of the great martyrs in history, when they were martyred for Jesus Christ, they martyred with great confidence. They were martyred with great power. I'm telling you, they went through things that are even more horrendous than the cross. Many of them were fried in skillets. skinned, skinned alive and crucified. But yet the whole time, you know, they say that when Peter's wife, they said that Peter's wife was skinned alive and crucified in front of him. And he was crying out the whole time. Remember Christ, remember Christ, remember Christ, my dear, my love, remember Christ. You know what he was saying? Remember the authority that he walked in. You are still more than a conqueror because of him who loved you. You are still more than a conqueror. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. I haven't lost my victory because I'm walking through a trial. I haven't lost my victory because something happened to me. Come on, somebody. You've surrendered your authority and I'm telling you to take it up again. 
And stop waiting for the trial to come to an end before you reclaim your victory and your authority. Christ never lost his victory. At the very end, he said, I'm a king. We've told you so many times, the Lord spoke to my wife about a year and a half ago, said, let go of that house. We knew it was going to be taken from us. But God said, now I'm anointing you to lay it down. I'm telling you, the bank didn't take that house from me. I laid it down. And I had the power to lay it down. See, oftentimes it's just about the mind. I could say it that way or I could say I was so broke that they, I couldn't even pay the mortgage and they took it from me. No, I, when I look at it from the spirit, I say God told me to put it to lay it down and I laid it down. I had the power to lay it down and they took it from me. But you know what he told me? If you give up that house, if you give up that two bedroom condo, I'll give you a five bedroom house. I had the power to lay down that condo and I had the power to take up this six bedroom house that we're living in right now. Let me tell you something that whenever you lose something for the kingdom, God says, don't worry. This is only Friday, but Sunday's coming. Are you hearing me tonight? Are you hearing me tonight? Stop walking around looking all defeated as if something happened to you. The pilots of this world have no power over you. They got no power over you. Your trials have no power over you. Your tribulations have no power over you. And stop teaching your children that everything's bad and that the world is a dangerous place and that they better watch their back because there's people waiting to do something to them. Listen, let me tell you something. That the God you serve, he's strong enough not only to protect you, but to protect your children. You raise your children up to believe that no matter where you go and what you do, God is watching over you. Some of you are struggling to hold on to things because you're waiting for the resurrection. You don't realize it's time for the cross. If I was waiting for the resurrection, I'd still be trying to pay the mortgage on that little two-bedroom condo. When God said, no, 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 this is time for the cross. Lay it down. Lay it down. Some of you are struggling to hold on to things that you're saying, Lord, resurrected. God says, no, I'm putting it to death so I can make it alive. But when I make it alive, I make it alive with greater power and authority than you could ever imagine. Don't even worry when something gets put to death in your life. Stop thinking you were defeated. Stop thinking that you, it was lost. Stop thinking it was, it was a defeat or something bad happened. Listen, I don't care what gets put to death in your life. It's not defeat. You can't be defeated, your sons and daughters of Abraham. As long as you hold on to your faith, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Just because something got put to death doesn't mean it's over. Death couldn't keep him in the ground. As Jesus was breathing his last, he cries out, it is finished. Look what he says here in John 19. Verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished... He saw the cross as something that he accomplished, not something that was done to him. Whatever God allows you to walk into a time of trial, he's got something for you to accomplish. And something he's accomplishing in you through it. It's a powerful moment when you're in the midst of a struggle, you stop and say, now all things are accomplished. You're able to say, as Jesus said, it is finished. 
You ever had that moment in the midst of a struggle, in the midst of a trial? I fought it out and fought it out and fought it out. I fought, I carried the cross. I was faithful. I kept the faith. And I came to a place in that struggle where I heard the Lord say, it is finished. It's done. Let me tell you something. The cross is hard, but not long. You don't carry it forever. He hung on it for six hours. Six hours. And at the end of that six hours, he said, it is finished. And he knew that all things were accomplished. It is the most powerful place in a trial that you can be. The most powerful place in a test that you can be is at that moment in the test when you know that everything that God was accomplishing in it is accomplished. When you are able to look at that test and by revelation, you know everything God was building in me in this test, he's built. Everything that he wanted to accomplish in me through this test, he has accomplished. It is finished. It is finished. It's done. It's almost a moment of joy in the midst of the pain. It is finished. And you hear what he says next? I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. Hard work's done. I'm thirsty. Give me something to drink. Look at this. He said, I thirst. Verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it's finished. And watch this. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He gave it up. Here you go, Father. Take my spirit. Even at the very end of his life, he could have hung on the cross for years, but he wasn't going to die till he gave up his spirit. He had authority to give his last breath to the Father and call it finished. I'm telling you what, he would have hung there for days had he not said it is finished. And some of you have been in that trial for years, and the only reason why you're still on that cross is because you haven't said it is finished. You're still fighting the Father and, and crying to the Father and, 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 and hating on the Father and, and feeling rejected by the Father and feeling unloved by the Father and not realizing that it's all accomplished. He's just waiting for you to say it is finished and give up the ghost. He's waiting for you to realize that He's brought you to the end of that test and now you simply have to make a decision and say, it's finished. I'm done with this. The Father's done with this. It's done. Because you know what? If you keep suffering after the Father said it's, it is finished... If you keep suffering after it's accomplished, now that's just torture. It's needless. When he knew it was accomplished, he just took a drink and died. Just give me a drink. I'm done. I'm not hanging out here another moment longer than I have. When the father said it's done, I'm up out of this trial. I'm not going to be in this trial. Not for another second. Six hours, not six hours and one minute. It's done. It's finished. He knew when to bounce up off of that trial. (laughs) And the reason he was able to discern that was because he did not lose his authority in the midst of it. Your authority in the midst of your trial and your faith in the midst of your trial will give you the discernment at the end of your trial to hear the Father say it is finished. If you lose your faith in the midst of it, you will not be in any place to hear the Father say it. 
And just like the children of Israel who should have only walked through the wilderness for 40 days, you'll end up walking for 40 years. Notice Jesus was up in there for 40 days and then he was out. (laughs) You see that? That's characteristic of the life of Christ. He did not go through stuff for another minute past the will of the Father. When the Father lifted off of his trial, he was like, I'm out, peace, bounce. But once again, even in the wilderness, he didn't lose his faith. And he didn't lose his authority. And that's why he knew that the time was up. At 40 day, on the 40th day, he knew, ooh, the fa- I, mm, I feel something in my spirit. I'm about to be up out of here. He started thinking about what he was going to eat. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He knew he wasn't destined for the cross. He was destined for the joy. He knew that the cross was not his destiny. It was a part of the journey. Listen, the cross that you're carrying is not your destiny. It's a part of the journey. But God is waiting for you to get off of it. But you've got to come back to your place of authority. You must come back to your place of authority. I'll end here. The night before he was crucified, Jesus had one last meal with his disciples. It was the Passover meal, and they had it every year around Passover time. But after that meal was done, (coughs) Jesus took a piece of bread, and he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Who broke it? Did the soldiers break it? Jesus said, I'm the one who breaks this for you. Jesus gives his body to his disciples, not the soldiers, not the government, not the white man. No, I'm serious. We're constantly crying about what this person did and what this white man did and what the black man did and what this person did. Jesus said, this man, the man can't take it from me. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. I have the power to give it to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do it in remembrance of me. Do it not in sympathy for me. Not in the poor Jesus type of grieving. Oh, poor Jesus. Isn't it terrible what they did to Jesus? Sympathy comes when something happens to you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And what he wants us to remember is not simply what he went through, but the power that he had to go through it on our behalf. He says, this is for you. And what he wants us to remember, listen, a lot of times we think if I cry when I watch the passion of the Christ, I'm remembering. (laughs) And if I don't cry, I must be spiritually hard. You can watch the passion of the Christ and cry your eyes out and it's just human sympathy. You still haven't connected to the power of that moment. But when you rise up in your authority, yes, I cry when I watch the passion of the Christ. Yes, I cry when I contemplate the cross. But I'm not sympathizing for Jesus. I'm thanking him for what he did for me. He said, this is my body and it's for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, when he handed them the bread, he handed them the power to lay down their lives the way he laid down his life. 
He handed them the power to say, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. When he handed them his body and his blood, he said, you are empowered by my sacrifice to walk in the same victory over death, victory over the grave, victory over sin, victory over every power of darkness. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You have power to lay it down. 1 Peter 4, 1. Peter says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Now, you arm yourself with a weapon. Whenever you're arming yourself with something, you are taking up into your arsenal something that has the power to bring violence. When you arm yourself, you don't arm yourself with a plastic spoon. Why? Because it has no power to do any damage to anything or anybody. But you arm yourself with a knife. Why? Because if something comes against you, if you are armed with a knife, you can kill it with that. When Peter says arm yourself with that attitude, it means that that attitude has the power to defeat the devil. If the devil comes at you and you are armed with the attitude of Christ, you can destroy the devil. And the attitude of Christ is what? No man takes it from me. I lay it down. And I lay it down as an act of my power. <laughs> See, the IRS has taken all my money. You have the power to give the IRS that money. You have the authority. You got the authority. The power. Healthcare is costing too much money. You have the authority. Just got a paid cut at, job, at my job. You got the authority to live on less. Nobody takes it from me. I lay it down. Nobody ever took a dime from me. I lay it down. People don't respect me. I have the authority to be in your presence without your respect, but yet walk in my authority. I don't need you to respect me. I have the authority to be humiliated without being humiliated. To suffer external humiliation without carrying internal humiliation. I've got the authority to do it. You can't take it from me. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for the power of the cross. And not the power of the cross over Christ, but the power of Christ over the cross. Amen. Not the power of the cross over us, but our power over the cross. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. And implicit in that claim is that I had the power to willingly sign up for. I had the power to join, to lay down my life and join him. And Father, I pray that you would cause us to be of the same mind. That you would cause us to be of the same attitude and that tonight we would arm ourselves with this attitude. Lord, you've brought us to this house tonight to arm us to the teeth. And to send us out with weapons that are not of this world, but are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
that we will walk out of this place casting down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the power of God, taking into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. You've gathered us here in this place to arm us to the teeth. But what you're arming us with is the authority and power of Christ. And that authority and power of Christ is in his attitude, in his mind. That mind of Christ that Paul says in Philippians 2, 5 and following, let this mind be in, in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but emptied himself. He made a decision. You can't take my God likeness from me. I lay it down. I empty myself. Taking the very form of a servant. Being found in the likeness of sinful flesh. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. Lord, we arm ourselves with that attitude tonight. He became obedient to the point of death. He was obedient. My father commanded me to do this, he said. He commanded me to approach the cross with authority. He commanded me to lay down my life with authority. He commanded me to take it back. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd open our ears and open our eyes that we would hear the command of the Father. Yes, I see you're walking through a trial, but I'm commanding you to walk through it in authority. Yes, I see that this is going to cost you your life, but I command you to lay it down. And stop saying it's being taken from you. Stop saying your money's being taken from you. Stop saying your respect is being taken from you. Stop saying love is being taken from you. Stop saying honor is being taken from you and lay it down. Lay it down. Everything that they're trying to take from you, just lay it down. Just lay it down. Lay it down. It can't be taken from you. Lay it down in faith, knowing that nothing can be taken from you. Lay it down. Stop trying to use your power to save yourself. He used his power even to heal the ones that came to take him captive. He used his power. That's why he said, pray for your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. This is the way of Jesus Christ. And this is where your authority is. This is where your power is. I say that the power of the cross is being manifest among us tonight. Father, I pray you would release it with great power. Release it with great authority. In Jesus' mighty name. I want you just to continue to...